Hi, this is Bitch Slap. I'm Rachel Fisher. I'm Desi Jadikin. And this is Melrose Place Season 3, Episode 6. No strings attached. We left on a cliffhanger last week. Jake was angrily zooming out of town on his motorcycle. Yeah. There's a lot of zooming around angrily on the motorcycle this episode. I definitely thought to myself this episode, was this very stressful back in the day when it first aired? Like, Like, did people really think Jake was gone and never coming back? Especially after when he exploded a few episodes back. This is kind of before the days where you could see on social media that someone's contract wasn't renewed or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, Or, yeah. Like it was easy. It's easier to um, not have that panic now because we know, like, someone, some star isn't leaving, or if we find out that they are leaving. Yeah, and we know he's not leaving, so it wasn't. I wasn't really stressed that this was the end. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we've seen the show. (laughs) Yeah. But maybe for other people who haven't seen it, this episode they were uh, waiting with bated breath to find out what happens. Mm, No. Fret not. Jake's not going anywhere. He's on the open road and he stops at a gas station and he tells the he tells the attendant he just drove up the coast from LA. Now we were wrong. We assumed he was gonna drive into the desert, but it seems like he went up to like Santa Paula or Ojai. Here's my favorite part of Jake driving up the coast at the beginning of this episode. He's wearing a button-down shirt that's open and completely blowing out. Yeah, it's like a blouse. Why would he would not wear that on a motorcycle? I guess I don't it, think. I think because it's really hot. But wouldn't you just wear a t-shirt? He was trying something different. But because it looked stupid, he was trying something different. Like the shirt he wore at the diner. Yeah, was like a little button-down yeah. shirt. He doesn't doesn't usually dress like that. No, he didn't. So. He uses the payphone and he calls Joe, but she misses the call. So they have like a little bit of a misconnection there. And we get to have one of my favorite things in any sort of media, hearing someone's answering machine message, especially when they're trying to be cute. I don't like it. I love hearing it because it's so bad. No, I like hearing it, but I feel like... I feel like that's always the case. Like everyone, when they're writing the script for somebody's answering machine, they always make it cute. But not everybody has a cute answering and machine. And they try to do it with Joe where she's like, wait for the beep, I guess. Like, <laughs> like okay. <laughs> <laughs> like they tried to make it Joe. And even there, she's sort of unsure. Yeah. Like in her answering message with a beep, I guess. That's like, oh, you, you just fucking say it. I don't I think need to hear Joe it. Would, I think for Joe's character, she'd be a little more self-assured with her voicemail. She, she'd be the person who does, you know what to do. Ugh. <laughs> Honestly, that's my least favorite one. Because Me does, too. Because does anybody, has anyone ever actually used that? That's used more than any other voice message in all of movies and TV. And it's meant to be the Joe character that's like the quirky, like I'm... Yeah, roll, I, I roll. You I, know what to do. I know. I do things a little bit differently. Yeah, I'm not gonna say it. You know what to do. <laughs> to be honest, the best voicemail, outgoing voicemail message in the history of media is Jesse Pinkman's. What is it? 
He's like, yo, 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 ABQ, <laughs> bitch. It's just like, it's Jesse Pinkman. Yeah. And I think it's the only one that's ever made me smile. Because it's not about leaving a message <laughs> or what to do. It's about him leaving a statement. Yes. He's making a statement. He's making a personal statement. And he's not trying to be quirky or, um, okay, I guess you could leave a voicemail. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> she she misses the call and Amanda stops by and immediately accuses Joe of harboring Jake. She's like, all right, where is he? Yeah. And then she, she turns on a dime and then blames her for Jake leaving. When yeah. she finds out he's gone. <laughs> yeah. She's like, she's like, um, I don't, she's like, I don't know, Amanda. And then Amanda's like, well, Jake left. He left, he moved out of his apartment and Joe is shocked. Yeah. I guess Matt didn't tell Joe. Matt's got his own problem. He's Matt's, busy. Matt's, the hospital is going off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a meltdown at Wilshire Memorial. He doesn't have time for this for once. Um, Joe's like, well, I didn't think you'd actually leave. And Amanda's like, I want the tea. What was the last thing he said to you? Yeah. What was the vibe? And she's like, I hope he doesn't plan. <laughs> I hope he doesn't plan on waltzing back into this apartment complex. Because I don't know if I'll, I'll give him his apartment back. We all know that's not true. That's not true. He didn't even take his shit. <laughs> no, he took like a sack. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Joe is like, he's not coming home, Amanda. I know him. Okay, Joe. She she's she doesn't buy it. She's been pregnant for three years. <laughs> I was gonna also, ask what's going on with this pregnancy. I like how they just don't even mention it sometimes. It doesn't seem like she's getting any bigger. But she must be nearing the end, and that's when people usually ask more, like, what how are you feeling? Like, when is it coming? Like whatever. Or they're waddling more. Yeah. She was also in a dark room inhaling toxic chemicals in this episode. I just think the baby pregnancy would be more forefront now because she's also dealing with those fucking parents. Right. And it's just like nothing. No. I mean, I don't want to hear about it, so I'm grateful. (laughs) (laughs) At D&D, Allison lives out her Amanda Woodward fantasy by perpetuating the cycle of abuse and verbally abusing Elizabeth. The new assistant. Yeah. This was incredible because Allison is trying so hard to serve Amanda. Yeah. But it's not quite there yet. No. She's just being a bitch. She's not being um, like a legendary bitch. She doesn't know how to... She's too ham-fisted with yeah. it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it no. needs to be like where you don't even realize it till like 10 minutes later and you're just devastated. Yeah, you're like fuck. <laughs> she got me again. <laughs> um she's basically complaining to Elizabeth about her work like she's not she's not doing her work cuz she's like distracted with Billy. Obviously, that's what's really driving this. Right. And she's like just get it done. And she immediately runs off to Amanda's office to bitch about Elizabeth. And she's like, she's way out of line. Yeah. And Amanda's like, really? I, I can, couldn't see that. Hmm. What's going on? And she, Allison immediately launches into like, she's, 
It's disgusting the way she dotes on Billy. Yeah. And like, that's where all her focus is. And so Amanda's like, well, I'm just going to have to have a talk with her. And then when Allison leaves the office, Amanda goes, hmm. And I was like, ooh. (laughs) She's got a little, her little minds, her little wheels in her mind are, are quirking around. Yeah. At the hospital, it's Peter fucking Burns. Yay. I screamed. I was so excited. It's like, get rid of Levin. He serves no purpose. Not anymore. No. We're done with his storyline. Did we know he was leaving or they just did this? They just did this. <laughs> yeah, I as, love it. As soon as they were able to finish Jack Wagner's contract, yeah, they just kicked Levin to the curb with no warning. Yeah, they're go- goodbye. You're not attractive. But we get a little... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we need this entire... We're tired of having these like unattractive ancillary characters on Melrose Place. Everyone needs to be hot. I don't care. And it doesn't matter (laughs) what their profession is. Archaeologist, heart surgeon, mathematician, they're all going to be tens. Yes. We don't care. We're excited. Jack Wagner, the actor who plays Peter Burns, is a soap opera legend. Mm. So he's going to fit right in. I loved when Melrose brought... Daytime soap people up to the big leagues. It was so good. He's the new chief of staff, and we get a little exposition here because he meets Matt, who has actually come to what he thinks is still Dr. Levin's office to file a complaint. And he's like, well, I can take your complaint. Yeah, he's like, I'm interested. Because Matt's like, I'll come back. He's like, no. Give me the tea. I want to know right now what's going on in this hospital. That would have been me. He's nosy as hell. He's like, I don't need to unpack what's going on. This is more interesting. So Matt tells him, he's like, Kimberly's a sociopath and she somehow got made the chair of social services. And this is where we find out Kimberly is a literal villain who is turning down services for people who can't afford them. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gone beyond her need to get revenge on Michael. Yeah, it's she's, gone beyond that. Now it's like extended into completely innocent victims. Cuz I find and maybe I'm wrong that even Michael in that position would be generous cuz he likes to look like a good guy. Do you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> Michael would do the right thing for self-serving reasons. He would understand yeah. that like he he would he would get it. Yes. Um but Kimberly does not care. She just wants to be evil. And so we yeah, we find out that she's treating these patients not well and um Matt is like she lacks compassion. And Peter's like, "Hmm, well, I'll see what I can do." Yeah, he's going to look right into this. Yeah. Yeah. We love him. More on that later. Back at D&D, Elizabeth tearfully tells Billy that she was fired. This is such a genius move on Amanda's part. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is 4D chess. This is... You're absolutely right. Because that was when she said that, hmm. Part of me was like, what's she going to do here? Because you don't... you you could see her saying she seemed like she was standing up for Elizabeth, right? Yeah. But she knows the move to make her to get Allison in, sh- in a shit shitload of trouble with Billy is to fire her because it's gonna come out that it was fucking Allison's complaint, and she's gonna look like a petty, vindictive bitch. Yeah. And Billy's gonna be disgusted by that. Absolutely. This is this is gonna be the nail in the coffin for Billy. 
Yeah. So she's crying to Billy and he's like, what happened? He's in his fucking jeans. He's in, once again, he's wearing a full denim look. Denim jeans with um, a white button up and a red tie. Oh, Just, this isn't the full denim look yet. No. That comes later. But he's this is a partial is, denim. This is partial denim. Because he stood up and it's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> well, because when he's sitting down, it's like the top half is giving... Business. Trump Tower. Yeah. But then he stands up and it's giving rodeo. It's like business on the top, party on the bottom. <laughs> It's really, and it's tacky business on the top. Also, the jeans are like hideous. The wash is so bad. It's a very, not very 90s. It's a very 90s wash. Um, And so Elizabeth, Elizabeth says, apparently someone didn't like my work and went to management. Billy's like, oh, wow. (laughs) Who could it be? (laughs) Who could it be? And And Allison is sweating. Yeah, she's. (laughs) We see her in the foreground and she's like, oh, she's like sinking in her chair. She's <laughs> such an idiot. She's so dumb. Um, like if Allison was smart and shrewd like Amanda, she would have sabotaged Elizabeth in some way that was untraceable back to her. Yes. You never, she, the thing with Allison is she lets everyone see where she's at emotionally. <laughs> yeah. And you cannot do that. No. So, <laughs> so then she leaves and Billy's like, Alison, do you know anything about this? It's like, yes, you're the only two people she works for. Who else would have complained against her? Like, <laughs> um, and she's like, oh, Billy, I made one small complaint. I didn't even do it formally. And he's like, so you are responsible. Oh, <laughs> I like when Billy has a realization. Is to actually say it. (laughs) (laughs) Always. And he's pissed off. Yeah. He's fucking furious with her. That night, Jane and Chris have a romantic dinner. At Kristoff's. Kristoff's. When we saw it, we pulled up to Kristoff's. I was like, this is definitely a Jane scene. Yeah. For some reason. (laughs) Jane goes to, she likes to go out to different restaurants. Whenever we see a new restaurant, it's always Jane. Yeah. She likes the finer things in life. Yes. And so they're toasting to their business dealings. It's really unclear what they're celebrating. I have no idea. But Chris loves getting Jane drunk. And they love kissing at the table, like in full view of the whole restaurant, Frenching. They're always making out at the table. And this is like a nicer restaurant. I've just never seen anyone do that at a nice restaurant. That's like bar booth type activity. Do you know what I mean? Like They're getting hot and heavy at this white tablecloth place. And they do this every time they're out to dinner. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Um. She tells Chris, she's like, tomorrow's Sydney's birthday and I don't know what to do. Who gives a shit? <laughs> why, is she so, why does she care? <laughs> Jane needs Al-Anon so bad. I know. Because she is just constantly worrying about Sydney. She, the way she turns on back and forth on Sydney is inexplicable to me. Because nothing happens where all of a sudden she's nice to Sydney now. It's or, like, I'd be annoyed. I'd be like, I got you out of prison. You're working at my place. Leave me the fuck alone. Like, yeah, we're not friends. We're not going out for your birthday. 
I'm not doing anything. You <laughs> like, hang out with Matt. No, don't subject Matt to no, that. No, we can't do that to poor Matt. But Find, it's just kind of like, why would she feel obligated? Like She's like coddling Sydney still. And yeah. she's she. this is why she needs Al-Anon, because she's doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Here's what I can expect from her. Ugh, it's Sydney's birthday tomorrow. What should I do? I don't know what to do, because I don't want to do anything, but... I don't want to have her upset. And then someone else is like, why don't we all just go out? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I can see her struggling with what to do with that. No, but she really is like, put some thought into this. Yeah. It's irritating. And so Chris is like, well, why don't we all go out dancing? Mm. And, <laughs> and, and she's like, Jane wants Chris to come along with them and he, he's into it. And they start making out at the table. And she gets wet. She's like, let's fuck. Immediately. Like she wants to fuck. They haven't even had appetizers yet. This is something that drives me crazy. I was concerned. Because I didn't see any food on the table. They were just drinking champagne. Yeah. They- I'm not leaving before the food comes. I don't care how horny <laughs> <laughs> It's not happening. Can you imagine? It's not like, I'm, happening. I'm trying to think who could get me there. Because I was like, I probably wasn't that hungry then. If Okay. The only time I could see that happening was with someone I literally started dating yesterday. And like you're th- that level of horny. But even then, <laughs> I was at a nice restaurant that we had a reservation <laughs> for. I'm not talking about just going somewhere. But that's what I mean. It's even more insane that like, th- I guess... They still haven't fucked. That's true. They still haven't fucked. So that's how horny Jane is. Yeah. Her pussy is on fire. Yeah, she's throbbing. (laughs) (laughs) And she wants to get this Australian guy into bed. And it's it's crazy that they haven't fucked yet. What like what is she has to be going, what is going on here? It's very suspicious. Yeah. They have a business together and they haven't had sex. I mean, like if you're going to cross a boundary and fuck each other when you started out with a working relationship, if you're going to like go down that road, why aren't you fucking? Also, if this is something he has something with, wouldn't you be like day one, look, I don't have sex before marriage or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it would be expelled out like. I understand if you want to bail. No, because what he's doing is very suspicious. Because yes. he just keeps putting it off and putting it off. Yeah, it's and like married man behavior or something. Like it's totally married man behavior. He's making excuses, and I don't like it. So they go back to his place and make out, and she's like, I have a condom in my purse. And he's like... Jane is a modern woman. <laughs> she's like... <laughs> She's like, there's going to be no excuses tonight if I get back there. Right. And he's like, I don't want to rush things, Jane. Okay, this is crazy. Like, why did he invite her back? <laughs> like, because he gets off on this. He gets off. Yes. I think this is a sick fantasy of his where he gets off on edging her, but she's not part of the fun. But I also think he he's this guy who sees... Madonna whores. Exactly. Yeah. And Jane is the Madonna. If this was an episode of Criminal Minds, that Madonna whore complex would be thoroughly deconstructed. Yeah. In the profile. In the it would be part of his profile. Mm. Um because like his mom was a slut as a kid. Yes. 
Yes. And his babysitter was a Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't want to, he's like, I just want us to value each other, Jane. She's like, so you literally just want to sleep together? <laughs> Because he invited her over to spend the night, but he doesn't want to fuck. He just wants to have her next to him. He's not even going to do that thing where he rolls over in the middle of the night with his boner and like, He's like pokes, the boner, yeah, pokes yeah. the boner into her butt. Uh, you know that move? Of course. <laughs> it's a classic move. It's a classic move. It's like, where'd that come from? <laughs> hey. <laughs> um. I mean, look, maybe she thinks that like they will have, if they sleep in the same bed together, that could happen and be the catalyst. And she could even be, she could be the one who rubs the booty up on. I'm saying it's yeah. happened to me before. Absolutely. She could get it going real easy. She- <laughs> Let's take my top off. <laughs> um, Jake has ridden his bike to a big house. He's been... He's been fucking riding this bike all day and all night. Yeah. He it, rode. He's riding. We don't even know. He stopped to pee once at that gas station. I drove all, all night. night. <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the song he's been singing. Absolutely. Uh, and he knocks on the door of this big ass fucking house. And he's like, I'm looking for Mr. Connors. Mr. Connors comes to the door. And Jake's like, I want to talk. And Mr. Connors is like, we don't have anything to talk about. And Jake's like, well, (laughs) Well, I don't think that's fair. And he's like, all right, all right, all right, calm down. Meet me at the coffee shop tomorrow at 7 a.m. But you left out an important detail. What? (laughs) That's Jake's dad. But does he say it explicitly (laughs) here? Because that's when I was like, shit, that's Jake's bougie dad. Did he say it explicitly here? I think so. I mean, it's pretty obvious who this guy is. Right, because he's like, what are you doing here? It's Jake's dad. It's Jake's dad, it's who's really dad. rich. Yeah. He's- I didn't even know Jake didn't know his dad. <laughs> I just thought they were like estranged. Did they retcon this? I honestly, my memory is that he had that slutty mom. Right. We met her season one. And that the dad was just a deadbeat drunk or something. That's who- kind of what was always implied, although... It still could make sense because he, I'm sure he had a slew of stepfathers. Maybe that's what it was. Because I even feel like he contacted, a, maybe it was a stepdad or something. It was definitely... Oh, because the mom had someone. She's like, Gary or whatever. Some loser. <laughs> but I, I just maybe I just assumed his dad was just one of the losers who like left. I'm sure there was a slew of loser men coming in and out right. of his trailer. Absolutely. As a child. Back mm. at Chris's house, Jane is asleep and Chris gets up and we see a little bit of his apartment decor. And it is like your classic 90s sleazeball businessman decor. He's got some like kind of abstracty postmodern decor happening and then he has leopard print pillows on the couch. Yeah, it's very masculine. It's like <laughs> sexy masculine. A lot of like black. It's a lot of black and white but then shockingly there's leopard print pillows yeah. to show he's like, I got a the wild designer, side. The designer was like, let's just try it. <laughs> Throw those in for fun. Yeah. Um, he calls Sydney <laughs> in the middle of the night. 
And he says, I know you're alone. <laughs> I've been thinking about you and what you might be wearing. Are you decent under those clothes? <laughs> this is perverted. This was honestly grosser than the murderer from Black Christmas. I was thinking of the murderer from Black Christmas because when this happened, I first of all immediately thought of that movie. But in general, I love a prank call. <laughs> In a movie or TV, like it's always really creepy for some reason, no matter what it is. Yeah. And it's just funny. It's just such a, it's such a like relic of that era. Like it just doesn't happen anymore. I don't think it was so nineties though, to prank call and probably into the two thousands, I guess. Early. Yeah. Like the prank call to get prank calls and to make prank calls. It was such a relic. It's such a, I mean, I'm sure kids in the eighties did it too. But like you just don't the kids today will never know what it's right. like to like the adrenaline rush of oh doing one God. was like out of control. It was like drugs. I used it to was like, <gasps> like I used we're to, doing it. We I used did to prank it. called Jenny Craig. <laughs> And like other numbers I saw on TV. Oh my God. These poor customer service people. I would call any number I can remember <laughs> me, from TV. Me too. <laughs> it I was call- like you had that number in your head. Yes. You, I called 8675309. Like I called every number. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I do that? And I, I think we all did. We're bored. <laughs> we didn't have phones. We were just like, well, I guess I'll prank call a store. <laughs> I literally, I literally got on the payphone at my elementary school and crank called Jenny Craig. Oh my god! Because I got saw the number one eight hundred Jenny. Yeah, I knew the number from TV. Just call it. It's free. One eight hundred. It wasn't anything against Jenny Craig. I just knew the number from TV. Party lines. Yeah, I crank called all kinds of numbers. Oh, me too. Um. So this is a disgusting, this is a disgusting crank call. And, and he's little, he, we know it's him because well, he's Australian. Who else is Australian <laughs> that would have Sydney's number? At first I thought he was trying to sound not Australian, but then it came through more obviously for me. And I was like, oh, he doesn't give a shit. He has a very distinctive voice. I mean, this is so abuser mentality where you're like, no one believes her. I think we touched on this before. Yeah. He knows Sydney is not a great witness. Right. Uh, so it's the perfect victim for his little perversion. No, it honestly made me so furious. Yeah, he's gross. Because this is a classic abuser move. Meanwhile, Gene is like blue balls in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> he's down there calling the whore. <laughs> Let's take a quick break here. We'll be right back. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. 
So Jake meets Mr. Connors, his bio dad, at some diner at 7 in the morning. And he's so rude about Jake's mom. He's like, yeah, your mom was a slut. (laughs) Met her at a (laughs) shitty dive bar. I was there with my friends, and I just banged her. One night stand. It was a one night stand. Jake's like, yeah, I know the story. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> um, no, but he, he was like so over the top. Like he just, he's like, yeah, she's a real loose pussy. Yeah. <laughs> I just came inside. I couldn't help. I just busted. She, I busted a nut right at her. She let me. She, she was that much of a hoe. <laughs> and then the dad... Mr. Connors, he pulls his wallet out, and this is a big faux pas with Jake. Oof. If there's one thing you're not going to do for Jake, it's give him money. No, he was spitting. He was so <laughs> mad. He's like, I don't want your money. I want your time. <laughs> <laughs> and Jake, he's like, well, what do you want? And yeah. Jake's like, I grew up missing something. I want to know who my dad is. And the dad's like, no. He's cold-hearted. This dad is like a Phil Hartman character. Yeah. Like he's like a parody of a cold-hearted, like a uh, rich dad. Yeah. He's very two-dimensional. Like. It's so weird. Um, and Jake explains like he's going through some stuff and that's why he went to his house. Yeah. And he's like, all right, look. You can come over to my house for dinner tonight, and I'll. But I'll, I'm going to introduce you as uh, the son of one of my friends. Right. So, I kind of figured this out later, but like, he was married with a child at the time. He had this fuck Jake's mom. So where's that kid? That and he has a new wife with two very young kids. Right. So where's this kid from the first marriage? Yeah, who's older than Jake? Right. Obviously. Right. Uh, it was confusing at first because I was like, wait, <laughs> I was like, why do you have such young kids? <laughs> um, at Jane Mancini Designs, Michael is in the office before Jane and Chris even Does get there. Does he like work there now instead I, of the hospital? <laughs> how is he there all the time? How does he have time for this? I feel like he's like, mm, just going to make a quick stop by. Well, I mean, I do picture Michael loving to stop by and act like it's part of his business. Yeah, he wants to terrorize Jane. Yeah, it's terrorizing and her. And so <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> He's sitting there reading the newspaper. He's sitting at Jane's desk. He's literally like, I have time. <laughs> He's like the definition of I have time for this. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he he remarks that both of them are arriving to work together. He goes, hmm, looks like dinner at Shea Michelle ran late. Shay Michelle. <laughs> I always was a little perturbed by Shay with a, like a, just an American name or something. Like I, where it was like Shay Jack or like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Michelle could be French. Yeah. Um, he and my Jane goes, "What is it now, Michael?" And he's he's balking about some papers that Chris had drawn up about. Him not being able to be involved in her design choices. Oh, Michael. And after Chris leaves for work, he starts talking shit about Chris to Jane. He's like, this guy's a sleazeball. He's just manipulating you. I, I know. I, trust me. I know. <laughs> Takes one to know one. <laughs> and, and Jane's like, Michael, 
you, <laughs> Michael, I trust him. That's the difference. I don't trust you. And he goes, wow, Jane. <laughs> Look, <laughs> he goes, Jane, I know how you are when you're getting it regular. Nothing else matters. I when he said that. When you're getting it regular. Goes, I was like, I love to find out that Jane needs to have a lot of sex. Right. Yeah. And, and she goes, Michael, you disgust me. Get out. Yeah. That's his thing. He's disgusting. <laughs> Back at the Connors' house, Jake meets his dad's family, and he's very cold. This is like a very awkward dinner. And everyone else is super friendly. Except for the dad. Yeah. He's such a dick. Like and you're, the, everyone else is like, that's so cool. Is that your bike? Like the kids <laughs> are all into it. The wife's super sweet. He's not playing this off well. If Clearly there's something more to the story if this is how he's behaving at the dinner table. Right, because if it was the son of your friend, best friend from college, which is like what he's saying, wouldn't you be like, yeah, telling stories about the friend or... It'd be normal. Yeah. It'd be like a normal fun dinner. It wouldn't be this tense nightmare. Yeah. Um, the wife even offers to let Jake spend the night and we we <laughs> cut to Mr. Connor's face and he's like, oh, fuck no. <laughs> yeah. He's not not happy about that. At Shooters, Allison and Joe, they're having their little loser party of two, lamenting their failed relationships. Once again, these two bitches are giving each other the worst advice possible. They love doing this. (laughs) They love meeting up and talking about what losers they are. They really do. And Joe tells Allison that there's a guy that's been staring at her all night. And then he comes over, this blonde guy. He's like a Ken doll. He looks like a Ken doll. He's really cute. His name is Mitch. And he confesses to Allison that he actually has seen her at Shooters before, but he never had the courage to talk to her. Yeah. So he comes off like nice guy. He comes off like a nice guy and he buys them some drinks. And Allison's like, hmm. I was kind of like, what did he buy Joe? Yeah, seltzer. What is she drinking? Because <laughs> how did he know? Did he just say whatever they're getting, I'll buy it? I guess. Oh yeah, because he goes straight to the he goes yeah. straight to the bar. Just, just a little detail. I was like, well, she's pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. She's gonna huff some chemicals in yeah. the in her dark room That's later. True. She doesn't give a shit. Later that night at some club called Dominique's. Love it. This is a real '90s club. With the pumping music and the lights, the little like rainbow light thingy. This triggered me because I was like, I've been in clubs like, not necessarily like that, but where everyone doesn't want to be there in your group <laughs> and you're just trying to make fun happen. Ugh. Do you ever remember doing that? Of like, course. Just, it's just like so, you're so separate from where you are. You can't get, you can't have fun. I don't know. Like, it's so, I hate it. Like, you can't remember why you decided to go out that night in the first place. And you just want to go home. That's what they seemed like at this club. None of them wanted to be there. And Jane was trying to make it happen. It was sad. It just seemed like an exhausting experience. And it just, like, did not look fun. And Sydney is clearly not having a good time. She's sitting by herself at the club, pouting. And Jane is concerned, and she's like, Chris, go ask Sydney to dance. It's her birthday. So here's a question. 
Does Sydney know it was Chris who prank called her? I think so. I think she has a hunch. Okay, so she's not 100% yet, though. Which is crazy to me, because like clearly it was Chris who called her. But why would she go out with them at all? Do you know what I mean? That's, she, she might be second-guessing herself. Yeah, because that's what I was confused about, because I'd be like, I'm not dancing with him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. she goes off with him. Um, and he's wearing a vest that looks like a blazer that cut the sleeves <laughs> off. <laughs> I was like obsessed with how big it was. Yeah. I was like, I've never seen a vest that big. He's, it's like from the Steve Harvey line or something. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, so they go dance and Sydney rolls her eyes at him. I think she doesn't because Chris has already hit on her before. I guess. It's just weird. Her I never understand Sydney's, you know, she's so not me in those situations. I think Sydney, to me, she was like, Well, I'm not doing anything else for my birthday. Yeah, I guess. I guess she, that's her mentality. She rolls her eyes at him because he's like, I like your outfit. It's nice and tight <laughs> in all the right places. He's so gross. And then he grabs her ass and he whispers, are you decent under that dress? <laughs> and she, What a weird thing to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm so icked out by that. Are you decent under there? This guy has a voyeur, no panties fetish. This is like... Some, Exhibitionist. That's what it is. It's like something like... It's such an old school pervy thing to say. Are you decent? Are you decent under there? Like <laughs> what you'd say. This is so gross. It makes me sick. She's disgusted. And then she's like, that was you on the phone? So there she puts it together. She puts it together here. But I think, I think a part of her was suspicious. So she marches over to Jane and she's like, I want to go home. And Jane's like, Sydney, we've only been here for an hour. <laughs> I was like, that's a long time. Also, it doesn't matter. You don't stay if you don't, or if you're not having fun, you leave. It's her I've birthday. I've left after 15 minutes going somewhere. <laughs> like, yeah, me too. Dude, that's not going to get better. No. Later, Mitch walks Allison back to Melrose Place and they have a little cute, awkward moment at the door. And he wants to go in. He invites himself in. And she's like, my apartment. She's like, my apartment's a mess. He's like, I don't care. I'm horny. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I'm a guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, have you seen my apartment? I have a wet towel on the bathroom floor. <laughs> it's always there. <laughs> I have a, a Taco Bell bag in my uh, bathroom toilet. My only sofa is a bean bag. It's a bean bag. <laughs> That's stained. And I have pubic hairs on the soap that you're going to have to use to wash your face with later. Yeah. So <laughs> so who gives a shit? Um, they, they kiss and he's like, please. He's so hard. He's rock hard and she says okay. Just for a minute. <laughs> what does she think is going to happen in a minute? She, Allison's like, she's truly like someone who has to act like she's not going to be bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just happened. She's she's not willing to embrace her um, slut side. Yes. She has to always act like it's sort of like, it just happened. It was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as soon as they get... Into her apartment, the clothes come off. We know what's happening. No, Mitch was like, he went for it. He was on it. And she she was arching her back. She's like, ugh. <laughs> to be honest, if, she, if I was her, I would have 
been like, let's go after that fight, that humiliating fight with Billy at D and D. Yeah. Also who gives a shit? Just have a one night stand. Her behavior in this episode is outrageous. No, she needs to get fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Later, Sydney is alone watching TV when the phone rings. And we hear, is this the birthday girl? He's, he like sends a shiver up my spine. Like, (laughs) it's like not even something that gross. No, it's so awful. It's not what he says, it's how he says it and who is saying it. I need to know if he's really Australian (laughs) or is the actor putting that on? (laughs) I don't know. Um, He says that he's like, I got you. (laughs) There's a present for you in your drawer. And she's like, what? So she slams the phone down and she goes to investigate and she opens this box and it's lingerie. And she's like, (gasps) the next day Mitch is, getting dressed at Allison's. They spent the night together and she wakes up and he's like, I got to be in the office, but I'm going to, can I call you later? And she's like, yeah, she's all googly eyed. Yeah. She got railed good. Yeah. In her Laura Ashley sheets. The best. And she, she's all like smiling at him. He's super cute. He's smiling at her and he wants to get dinner that night. Yeah. And she is like, hell yeah. And so he's like, I have, an, I have a great idea. Let's meet at Shooters before. Perfect. And <laughs> she's like, okay. Yeah. At Jane's, Sydney has had enough. She's like, I have to talk to you about Chris. I need to tell you something, Jane. And she's like, he came on to me. And immediately Jane's like, oh, Sydney. It's Yeah, she's been down this road before. She doesn't believe her. And she's like, honest, Jane, I have proof. Yeah. And so she shows her the box of lingerie, which is not good proof. No. Because that could be from anyone. It could. She could have bought it. And clearly that's what Jane thinks. She's like, Sydney, you really, you really didn't have to go, go to all this trouble. Yeah. Um, but then Chris calls the house. The apartment and Sydney picks up and we I really for a moment here I really thought oh she's going to be able to get him here no but she's, she fucked this up so bad this is like she's on a bad streak because she fucked up the thing with Michael where yeah. she signed the papers yeah <laughs> she's getting snowed by these guys so he calls and he goes are you wearing my birthday present <laughs> and so she motions for Jane to come over and Jane is like. What is it, Sydney? And Sydney's like, it's him, it's him. But she says it right into the receiver. So Chris Chris obviously hears it. So then Jane grabs the phone and and she's like, and he's like, is is that Sydney? Geez, like, give me the phone, Sydney. Give give Jane the phone. Right. He turns on a dime because he knows Jane's listening. Yeah, he's on to her immediately. She's so dumb. Why couldn't you just be like, yeah. Silently. Um, silently motion them over and putting the phone in between you guys. No. And she's like, it's him. Right. He's on the phone. Come listen. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you can hear her on his end. Yeah. Saying that, like, listen. Um, where are we? Okay. Yeah. So Jane, Jane is just like Sydney. Like she got busted. Yeah. She got busted. 
back at D&D, this is when Billy has broken out his full denim fit. Yes. He's wearing dark denim jeans with a like a medium wash denim top, the same one we saw, I think, last episode. Yeah, he told Wardrobe to bring it back. He's like, I love that look. <laughs> this is outrageous that he's worn this top twice to work. To work. To, to work. work. This is not a professional He's outfit. not at the ranch. <laughs> he's, you're not Kevin Costner. No, this outfit is crazy. I hate it. It's so ugly and he has like a blue polka dot or a checker. It's like a tablecloth checker tie. Right. It's like a gingham. Not appropriate. He should get a demerit or whatever work <laughs> thing when you get in trouble. He should be fired for this. <laughs> yeah. He should be in an HR meeting right like, now. I think seriously, it should be like on his permanent record. I don't think Amanda would allow this personally. If it was anyone other than Billy. Maybe. Can you imagine if Allison wore a denim top and jeans to the office? She would oh. have gotten her asshole reamed. Yeah, she would have. Allison, this is a wildly inappropriate <laughs> outfit to wear to a really D&D. Allison with a client meeting. <laughs> <laughs> um Billy manages like this is the last thing you want to happen is for someone to pwn you this hard while they're wearing a a Canadian tuxedo. He's like, Oh look it's Elf in the snitch. He calls her a snitch. <laughs> he calls her a piggy. You can never first of all, Billy is five years old. And we all know when you're that age, a tattletale or a snitch is the worst thing you can call someone. <laughs> so he's still at that level where he's never going to let her live this down. And he shouldn't because you know what? She played this so poorly. From the get-go, she let him know immediately when Elizabeth got fired that she was jealous. I'm hired that she was jealous of her of her and yeah. Billy. Yeah. So stupid. She played it so poorly. Um Allison attempts to get back at Billy in that moment by loudly asking Amanda in front of him for the night off because she has a date. Also stupid. (laughs) Because Amanda hates how Allison asks for time off for stupid (laughs) shit. (laughs) This is is like, how many times have we seen Allison ask for time off? She almost got fired in the Keith era for this. Also, I'm still confused why she needed to ask. She didn't really need to, because it's like, what, you just made him after work? He works too. It was like she had to do an after work photo shoot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or something. Maybe. There was some like after work But why would you do that? I just don't get her like work ethic. Because well, she seems like the type who would never do bullshit like this. No, but that's what makes her character so fascinating <laughs> to me is that she's such a goody-goody, but at the same time, she has a terrible work ethic. Yeah. And that's fascinating. Because she's a, she's her emotional, personal life takes over. Like, she cannot separate the two. Like Yeah. So she had to own Billy in that moment at the expense of maybe a, a work thing. Yeah. Uh, and she had to put Mitch, who she just banged, this guy she banged on the <laughs> forefront of everything. <laughs> Billy just glares. He just yeah. glares at her. Yeah. Her, he didn't give a shit about the date. No, he just is like, you're disgusting. Yeah, you snitch. You're a snitch. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Allison's a cop. She's a snitch. <laughs> <laughs> You're a snitch, Allison. Tell Mitch you're a snitch. 
does your date know you're a snitch? <laughs> like she never gets people mad for the right reasons. Oh, no. It's like so well, comical. It's, because it's never the kind of mad like, wow, she really showed me. It's the you're pathetic. Yeah. It's like it's people so, are people are mad she tried. They're like, like mad. They're Come on, Allison. This they're is disappointed. This is just stupid. <laughs> That's like Billy's not mad about the date. He's just disgusted with He's her. So disgusted by her and so turned off. Yeah. Um <laughs> Michael and Kimberly introduce themselves to Peter Burns, Dr. Peter Burns, and they bring him a little plant and they're immediately brown nosing him. Like the psychopaths they are. <laughs> they they looked like insane people coming in there together like that. They're like, hi. Yeah. We're Dr. Kimberly Shaw and Dr. Michael Mancini. It's so nice to meet you, Dr. Peter Burns. Yeah. Here's a plant we got you. Smiling. And he's on to them. And he's like, Kimberly, immediately, he's like, hi, nice to meet you. He's like, oh, by the way, Kimberly, I'm taking you off the social services committee. And she's like, what? And he's like, we just need someone who's a little more compassionate. And Michael's like, immediately starts talking shit about Levin. Yeah. He's like, well, you know, Dr. Levin, you know, he's he, he's the one who, like, structured this whole place. He really did a bad job. And Peter Burns is like, actually, Dr. Levin is one of my close friends. Yeah. And, and whatever he did, I probably agree with because we run things the same way or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. No, they get they get owned hard. By a really hot doctor. So this is how you know... Peter Burns is going to be a great addition to the cast because he has put Kimberly, Sean, Michael in their place immediately. And at the same time. Yeah. And he does not give a shit about their bullshit. Like he doesn't, he's powerful. They don't fucking do, they don't rule over him at all. Like, no, he doesn't give a shit. He's not even phased. He wasn't even delicate with Kimberly in demoting her. No, he was like, oh, I've heard about you. Like, (laughs) Oh, I've heard all about you. Yeah. And Matt, I wish we had a little image of Matt in the <laughs> background, like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, that's how you get someone in trouble, Allison. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to go through back channels. You got to go through back channels, and they have no idea Matt had anything to do with this. No, he's like off dancing in the wind. Yeah. Amazing Giggling work. to himself that this, this is, transpired. Yeah, it's amazing work by Matt. So Jake lets the kids sit on his motorcycle and Mr. Connors comes out of the house. He's like, get the fuck out of here. We had a deal. (laughs) Scram. He's like, leave my house immediately. Yeah. And he says to Jake, I knew you were going to try and worm your way in. He's so awful. And Jake is like really upset. He's like, to think that maybe you gave a damn. And then he angrily gets on his bike and rides away. Yeah. At Shooters, Allison is wearing a very cute age-appropriate outfit for once. Finally. She looked cute. She's wearing a black spaghetti strap dress and a little choker. Yeah. It's a very cute look on her, and she should try that more often. She should. This is what I mean by Allison not being afraid of expressing her sexuality. Mm. She got banged. She got fucked. And now she's dressing like she's getting fucked. But she's going <laughs> to revert very soon. Yeah. 
she's at the payphone and she is leaving what appears to be her second voicemail for Mitch. Mm. She's like, hi, it's Allison, just calling again. I don't know if you got my first call, but I don't know, it's been about a half hour. She's already called him twice. It's been 30 minutes. Yeah. He's late. Like, wouldn't you call him the first time at 30 minutes? Like, just seeing if everything's okay or I'm at the right place. Yes. Yes, you would. So she goes back to the bar where she's all nervously talking with the bartender. Like, he's probably just, you know, got stuck in traffic, right? He looked like bodies by Jacobs. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. Um, she's nervously sipping her drink. Uh, then we see Mr. Connors chasing down Jake in his Mercedes on the road. Yeah. This looked dangerous. He was on his ass. He was on. <laughs> it was like, like, is he going to run him off the road? Like, he looks like he's running Jake off the road. They both pull over and he's like, sorry, I just didn't want to leave things like that. And then they have like an emotional talk and he admits to Jake that he has thought about him over the years. He even has a photo of Jake in his football uniform that the mom sent him. And they hug and he's like, you should go home. Yeah. And let me know where that is. So the dad's like, get out of here. Go back to Melrose, please. It's very um, toxic masculinity. <laughs> they, they can't be emotional. The hug was so weak. It was like, uh, this uh, is, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's painful. It's painful it's, for them to be emotional. It's very painful. So we know where Jake gets it from. He's back on his bike. His emotional music plays. We know he's, he's going back home. Right, because the dad's like, go to people who care about you, not me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he says. I know. I was like, dude, frame it a little differently. Yeah. So he, the next day he shows up and he stops at Joe's apartment and she's like, what the hell is your problem, Jake? Jake calls her on it too. Because he's like, Hello, welcome back. Yeah. I was like, yes, Joe is so negative. Joe's finally wearing a cute outfit too. She has little black denim short overalls and a little white tank top. Yeah. This looked cute. She's mad and starts crying. And then they hug and he says sorry. And that's pretty much yeah. it. Allison shows up at Mitch's work. She shows up at Mitch's work, and this guy's office is out of control. This is like 1986. There's a stepped glass block the, section of the wall. The glass blocks <laughs> and the pastels. Hot pink. It's like a pink, a bubblegum pink, yellow. And there's also some like green in there. No, it's a vibe. This place is crazy. <laughs> it's like... It's like the colors you would see on a sweatshirt with like a lightning bolt or something. <laughs> like it's like it's wild. This office. He works at an architecture firm. She just like shows up at his work, and she immediately starts like haranguing him. I do have to say, as far as fuckboy goes for Mitch back then, he did not have to give her all this information. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, he told her where he, he worked. Yeah, she knew where he worked. Like, that seems like information you didn't have to give. Cause they didn't even have, like, they didn't, we only saw them, I guess they talked more at the bar. 
I guess that, yeah, after he bought them drinks, they probably talked. I guess Joe just fucked off. Right. So that implies that Joe walked home alone at night pregnant. Well, isn't Shooter's like next door? Yeah, it's like down the block. <laughs> I guess. But still, I guess like Joe's yeah. like... No, Allison abandoned her friend for Dick, basically. Yeah. Joe was like, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> She starts yelling at him at his office. This is crazy. Even though I do think what Mitch did was bad and like really rude, like standing someone up is like so rude. I think it's rude too because he he made the plan. Yeah. He didn't have to do that. He could have said, I'll call you and, and not left called. it at that. Yeah. He made like specific dinner plans. Yeah. Making her. someone wait like that. I mean, come on. That's fucked up. Grow up. Just say you'll call and then never call. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. So she calls him a loser and she, and creepy. And he's like, be quiet. Because all his coworkers are like, ooh. Fucking Mitch again. <laughs> <laughs> and, she, and he's like, look, Allison, it was fun. We had fun. That's it. Get over it. I guess you can't handle fun. And she goes, oh, well, it ought to be my turn to have fun now. And then she picks up a carafe of water and pours it on his head. Just happened to be there. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> yeah. Jake goes over to Amanda's. He's got to he's got to say hi to all his bitches. Yeah. He's got different hose. <laughs> different floor <laughs> and different area, area codes. codes. Yeah. <laughs> he um he's she's like um what are you trying to is this your way to get away from me? You're gonna leave and then sneak into Joe's apartment? Is this the, he, she's she said something like, "Was this your way of moving in with Joe? Like <laughs> a, like a backdoor?" I was like, "How long would he get away with that? Like <laughs> you're the landlord." No, it's crazy. Um, and he's like, "I just need to figure some stuff out. She need to think." Yeah. And she's like, "Well, don't think you're just gonna waltz in here and get your apartment back." And Jake is like, "Just give me my damn keys." I love when he put her in her place. And she's, of course, she's like, the keys. daddy. <laughs> she loves it. So she, he goes back to his place and he plays his messages and he gets a message from special agent Thompson at the FBI, letting him know that he has reward money for his role in helping to, with the Palmer case. And I love that the detective's like, and it's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, they would never say that. No, no. And Jake's like, ooh. like I was like, this is money he might be able to take. Yeah. Because he didn't seem like, no thanks. <laughs> like, I'm not taking money from anyone. A million dollars? Fuck off. <laughs> Sydney takes out the trash and is accosted by Chris, who is lurking. He's yeah. lurking by the dumpsters, Not which a good is sign. where he belongs, yeah. in the dumpster. He's trash. And he threatens her. He's like, hi, Sydney. Like, he might as well have had, like, a cape. Right. <laughs> like, he's so villainous. He's so villainous. He's like, uh, what do your panties smell like right now? <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Are they decent? Are they decent? <laughs> Are they really smelly right now, Sydney? Gross. <laughs> Did you just come from the gym? <laughs> Do your panties smell like fish, Sydney? <laughs> Are they sweaty? 
Let me take a whiff of that. What is it? Gar- what's in your garbage? Is that the garbage of your panties? <laughs> Did you throw any panties out? Can I have some panties? Oh my God, I hate him. And she's like, oh my God, get away from me. And then he grabs her wrist and he threatens her. He's like, you're not going to tell Jane about our little penny play, are you? (laughs) (laughs) Here's what you're not going to do. You're not going to worry Jane. Uh, Don't don't (laughs) worry Jane with this harassment. (laughs) You're my whore. Let's keep Jane out of it. We all know Jane's panties don't smell <laughs> pungent like yours. The panties are snuggle fresh. She uses that snuggle bear detergent. I don't like it. They smell like a teddy bear. <laughs> we all know yours smell like the bathroom at Shooters. Oh, <laughs> he's sick. Give me some of those mozzarella stick panties. Oh my god. He then force kisses her, and he's like, see you later. <laughs> I'll be in touch. I'll be in touch. <laughs> and that's how the episode ends. Oh, my God. He's sick. I forgot about him. I he's totally... so, it's like, honestly funny. <laughs> he's such a lower tier villain on Melrose Place. I had forgotten about him, too. Me, too. I just can't with him. It's so fucking funny. Um, um, I just can't wait for Jane to find out. Here's the other funny thing I forgot with Jake's message, because they're like, the first message is, you got a lot of back money owned at the docks. Right. So we first get a, a, a message that he owes money for his like <laughs> the boat. boat whatever they charge you, the rent at the docks. Yeah. And then he gets the reward. So I was like, oof, finally. Well, because it's like one more thing Jake has to deal with. Yeah. It's like, why are you still charging him money? His boat blew up. (laughs) Give him a break. Give him a fucking break. (laughs) Oh, Um, my God. Anyway. Also, I don't understand why the FBI, like the FBI, there's no way they would give Jake money after all of this. (sighs) That's crazy. Don't you, what did he he didn't really capture Palmer? Palmer captured him. <laughs> like, and, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and they found Palmer's body in the water. Jake didn't turn him in. Turn him or, in. They found him because they found Jake. Yeah, it's crazy. I just I feel, feel like, like they'd be like, yeah, that doesn't count. I feel like the FBI wouldn't be that nice. I agree. They would they would fuck him over. They're always looking for ways to not pay. They would not pay, and not only that, but they would they would say, oh, in fact, we're going to investigate you. They'd probably start investigating Jake. Yeah. But, oh, well, I mean, I want Jake to get some money. I'm glad he's going to get money because I'm excited about what he's going to do with that money. Yeah. We need, we need Jake to not be worrying about money. Oh, boy. Well, we're about to enter the new chapter of Jake's career, which is perfect for him yeah and the peter burns era is so good peter burns era love it oh so excited we will be back next week with episode seven Bye. bye